Let's go, y'all. Cash Welcome to another episode of Arch Conversation Season 5. And today we have a very special guest. I guess I say that every time. <laughs> I don't feel so special anymore. <laughs> but he is pretty special because I think we've just met possibly a week and a half ago, two weeks at best. Yeah, like literally this is the second time we're meeting. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're not so that close. We're not that close. We don't know each other at all. <laughs> It's one of those weird stalkerish things that I did on Instagram. Who's the stalker? Uh, no, you're the stalker. Okay, yeah. good. So it was really, it just went like this. Hey, I just met you and this is crazy. Here's my podcast. So come on it, baby, maybe. And I said yes. <laughs> the cops are outside in case anything happens. You know? <laughs> okay, so anyway, anyway, everyone, this is Leonard. Leonard, would you like to give a brief intro to yourself? Uh, hey everyone, uh, thanks Stephanie for having me. My name is Leonard. Um, I work as a chef, but not in a restaurant. I work for a kitchen equipment company called Mila. I was trained as an engineer, so I did that for about five years and I hated it. Uh, cooking was always like my escape. And uh, one day I just decided, you know, I'm, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So I just quit and yeah, I just tried to go into the bowl of FMB. After about a year, I landed my job in Mila and I've been there ever since. Wow, I don't even, even need to ask questions. He just asks and answers. It yeah, just goes like I just summarized my whole life right there. He's so used to doing it that it's just like, okay, this is just my <laughs> press release. I've memorized it. It's, the, it's the short but concise version. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's take a few steps back. Um, Leonard specifically said he didn't want it to be like super interview type thing, but it's usually pretty cash here. Yeah. But we still need to kind of know a little bit more about you. Sure. Um, so where did you, like when you said you used to do engineering, would you finish school and then you went into like a, a proper like firm or? Yeah, so when I graduated um, from uni, I actually went into like, I went into a shipyard. I was mm-hmm. working in a shipyard, um, hated it. Like the environment is absolutely horrible. My family's in shipping. Oh, okay. Well, it's but not that bad. <laughs> ships and stuff. Yeah, just I think, I think, we're for orders, we're free for orders. I think if you're like doing shipping, it's like you don't really go on board. No, no, we don't I, have to. I had to like climb to. into oil tanks. Oh, like sucks. I would come out with like, but kind of cool. It sucks, but kind of cool still. No, it, it gets old really fast. Like okay, you. Okay. I mean, it sounds quite cool for a movie. Like if you're setting yourself up, you know, like if you're a movie kind of like character. I, th- I think it's cool I guess because you're there every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it gets it gets tiring really fast, and I think it's interesting on the outside. Like mm-hmm. people are like, oh shit, you know, like, can I swear? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Can you? <laughs> Just checking. Um, yeah, so like, I mean, like on the outside, like, because most of my friends are like working in like office jobs, like white collar jobs. Mm. And they're like, oh my gosh, you know, you're working in this shipyard. You're doing like a lot of like manual stuff. But when you're actually doing it, it's, it's, not, it's not that enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I got to say that the one thing I did enjoy was I got to work with a lot of like foreign workers, mm-hmm. like Bangladeshis, Indians, even like Chinese. And it's like... They are like some of the most hardworking people, but their stories are like super sad. Yeah. Yeah. I so, can imagine. Yeah. The most that I have to do in when I used to work for my family for freight forwarding is go to the warehouses, like the warehouses and the ports. Yeah. Which are also not fun because you're either in the sun or you're in a warehouse with no AC, right? And yes. it's dusty and like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But when you say shipping to people, I guess these days when you hear shipping, you think, "Wow, shipping!" You know. Yeah. But there's so many different aspects of shipping that people get, I think, lost in the just the term. You know, just like anything else, it's like F&B or fashion. It just sounds really cool. Mm. But I'm sure even today as a chef, you face your own challenges. 
I, I mean, like going back to what you just said is is a bit tricky because like when when people ask me what I do, like my natural instincts to say I cook. Yeah. I never really say I'm a chef because I don't really think of myself as a chef. But the immediate question is like, oh, which restaurant do you work in? Mm. And I don't work in a restaurant, so I have yeah. to like go down this like rabbit hole. I have to explain like, oh, you know, I cook, but I don't cook in a restaurant. I, cook, I work for this kitchen equipment company. I do events. Um, but I think it's kind of interesting that uh, like you don't have to be, be pigeonholed anymore. You know, yeah. like you can, I can cook, but I don't need to be pigeonholed in like working in a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. of course, but. Also, then I'm also very interested because when I had met him at an event, um, he mentioned about this, right? Being an engineer and then turned chef. So when you said you always had a passion for cooking, what does that mean? Like looking at online recipes and doing it, or you just had this natural flair of putting flavors together? I think I first started getting interested in cooking in my last year in uni. So like I, I studied overseas and I was living alone, and I don't know. Like I think I was watching a lot of Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he goes to a lot of fine dining restaurants mm-hmm. and that was like a world that I had never been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never went for a fine dining meal at a stage. But it was just like seeing food being manipulated into ways that like are so different that mm-hmm. like I was like, wow. And I think because like my background is engineering, I was kind of curious about the science mm-hmm. behind it. Mm-hmm. So like this was never a pursuit of like, oh, I want to be a chef. Mm-hmm. It was more like I want to understand food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think I reached a point where the, the fastest way to understand is just to cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it was more like a pursuit of knowledge rather than a practical pursuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you find science in cooking? Oh, yeah. I mean, people may, may have different opinions, but in my opinion, cooking is built on the foundation of science. I agree to a certain extent. I don't know exactly what I'm talking about because I don't cook very well or whatever. But then even <laughs> then, right, even like at different temperatures when you cook anything, eggs, vegetable, meat, yeah. they all taste different when you cook it differently, even just boiling it at different temperatures. Oh yeah, for like, sure. For example, the simplest thing like an egg, right? The, number, the amount of time that you put it through really affects how the egg turns out. Yeah. Not just that, also adding, this is what I learned from my friend like Chris Kong, right? Adding salt into the egg as you boil it makes the shell come off a bit easier. Yeah. Like things like that, it's definitely science. It's not just like, hey, let's fry an egg, put some oil in the pan, you know? I mean, you can definitely make a good egg without understanding the science behind it. Yeah. But understanding the science will help you create a better product overall. Yeah. 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 So how long did that take you? How long did your journey of the culinary sciences? Uh, I mean, it's still ongoing. I guess like, I'm still learning stuff every day. You, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't truly know everything. And if, mm-hmm. you, if you claim to, you'll be wrong. Yeah. Um, but I think it, for me, it was like an escape because I didn't really enjoy engineering. So on the weekends, I would cook. Mm-hmm. And that was around the time that I started Instagram as well. Oh man, that, 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 that's like more than 10 years ago, like 12 years ago. Wow. What's so, Instagram? Has Instagram been around that long? Yeah. I, 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 I don't, don't get me wrong, it's not new to me. I've been on it for a really long time, but I've just never like put the timeline together and be like, oh shit, it's been 12 years. I think it has, you know, like I remember like, okay, I started working when I was like, okay, no, maybe like 10 years, nine, 10 years mm. around there. But yeah, I became addicted to like posting a creation and then like taking a photo and, and posting it online. And I think it was because I didn't really know any chefs. I didn't have any contacts in FMB. Yep. And there were like chefs commenting on like the food that I was posting. Oh, how did they come to find your page? I think Instagram was like such a small community back then. Ah, right, 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 right. The number of followers were like much smaller. So like I could actually ask these chefs like, hey, you oh, know, okay, what okay, would you I do differently, you know? And then I, that was like my way of like learning how to cook. Yeah. It's in a way like the modern day Discord. Do you know what Discord channels are? 
It's like a, is it like Reddit where you have like little pockets of sub-communities where people Something can talk like about that. it? Something like that. So it was used for gamers because I just did a gaming podcast. Yeah. Gamers use it to chat about the game, strategize and stuff like that. Oh, and get to know okay, other gamers yeah, yeah. and like, hey, how do you do it? How do you find like, you know, the way yeah, out? It's, it's exactly the same. Yeah. It's like a small yeah. little community where you get to improve your craft. Well, these days it's not. It's not, <laughs> not anymore? Yeah, not anymore. Yeah. Humans F everything up. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, so that was like kind of how I started cooking, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and then when you had said, when you said you just started in the F&B route, like where did you start? Like, did, you know, like, do you go through the normal chef thing where you have to start from the bottom? No, um, okay, so basically like I was still in my engineering job and I was considering switching into F&B at the early, like early 20s. Mm-hmm. And obviously I wasn't just going to quit and just jump in. So what I did was I would work on the weekends. Like just one day a week in a, in a proper restaurant. And uh, that's actually where I met Chris. Ah, yeah, yeah. he knows Chris as well. Yeah. So Our dear born Chris Kong. I was actually working with him like directly. Oh, nice. Yeah, but I, I Wait, where was he? <laughs> I don't remember where he used to work. Where uh, was this? He used to work at, we used to work at this restaurant called Guy Savoie. Oh, was, yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, in MBS, one of yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah. fine dining restaurants. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I quickly realized that like, it wouldn't be for me long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I think working in the restaurant back then, even though I was quite young, uh, kind of made me realize that that was not a long term solution for me because mm-hmm. I knew that it wasn't sustainable. Like the hours are a bit too long mm-hmm. and there are so many moving parts to build a successful restaurant. And uh, I, I knew I still liked cooking, but I just couldn't figure out what the path was mm-hmm. because I knew that if I joined a kitchen and I worked my way up, at some point I would give up. Mm-hmm. It would just break me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I didn't have an answer. So I, I regressed back to engineering. Okay. Yeah. Not regressed. I just went back. Yeah. Yeah. And then how did you finally make the, the leap of faith and just left and found, landed the job, this current job? I think it was like hitting 30. You're talking about your age, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like 20, 30. Yeah. She's like me. He lives no, in the future. I travel into the future. I thought we were like, are we, is this a Back to the Future episode? Mm. Is this Rick and Morty? <laughs> no, no, no. It was like... I you think kind of look like, like Morty now that I mention it. I can't tell if that's a compliment or an insult. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> At least I'm Rick. Okay, yeah. I'm the irresponsible yeah, yeah. one. You can just like, you just need a bit of spiky hair. Yes, and just a little. Um... Yeah, I think it was like getting close to thirty and being and realizing that like if I don't do it now, I'm probably never gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And I also when don't was like, this? I don't know when you turned thirty. You know, nobody knows. I mean, except your avid followers who are your fans. Um, uh, I'm like thirty four this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, four so, years like, four years ago. Four years ago, yeah. Um, and I think I was just like projecting how I would feel in the future. Like if I'm like in my fifties or sixties, would I look back at this moment in time and be like? <laughs> I think my dogs like. <laughs> In the song. Okay. You don't mind, right? Yeah, I don't mind. Okay. I don't mind, not at all. Um, what was I going to say? 50s and 60s. Yeah, so I, I didn't want to like be old and then like do plan and be like, oh, you know, I, I wonder what would have happened if I did that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just went up and did it. Yeah. But how do you land the job though? Is my question. Because um, I, I think yeah. that you have a really fun job. Yeah, it's perfect. At least on the outside. Right? It's, it's perfect for me because like I don't want to work so hard. I don't mm-hmm. work in a restaurant, mm-hmm. but I still get to cook. Mm-hmm. So it's like a perfect blend of both worlds. Um, I had been in contact with Mila for a while because they wanted me to do a pop-up in their, in their kitchen, which didn't happen. Um, and they didn't have this position before me. 
-hmm. they, they never needed to fulfill that position, but mm -hmm. basically we had a new product which required an in-house chef. Mm. So the, the role became available. Meaning, okay, okay now, now we can actually talk about your current job. So I'm interested because, like you said, right, it's an equipment brand, but why would you need in-house chef just as you said? So is it to test the product or is it to show that the product works? A bit of both. So I, my job encompasses a lot of things. Um, the bulk of it, I would say, are events. So like when we invite like business partners, I would do like private dinners or private meals for them. Mm. Um, I develop a lot of recipes, uh, especially now since we set up our social media, I'm doing like the filming and also the cooking. Because uh, a lot of the recipes I, that come... I hope, I hope they gave you a pay raise. They didn't. <laughs> Oops. But I'm, I'm happy to do it also because like it's something that's very new to me and I, mm -hmm. I, I like learning new things. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've guys seen his cooking videos. Maybe you should. No, not maybe. You should definitely see it. Like, I've only just started following him, right? And watching his videos are not helpful for your waistline. Because <laughs> it either makes you want to reach out to him like, where do you actually cook? Because I want to try that. Or yeah. I actually want to try that myself. Um, especially that little egg thingy when he did this and then the egg was like oozing sauce. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta show that you cooked it right. You yeah. <laughs> so now it brings us to the point of, um, as we were discussing a little bit before this started, yeah. um, about the filming and the editing. Because just recently I saw you put up something about your iPad, you know, having to be able, being able to connect it to your memory card. Yeah. And then, so you edit your own, then I found out that you edit your own videos. Yeah. Um, was it something that you understand or you had to learn? It's definitely something I had to learn. Uh, I've always been like a photo guy. Like, mm -hmm. I think my dad kind of passed that on to me and I've always had an interest in photography. Mm -hmm. But like during COVID, literally that's when like our Mila Instagram was set up mm -hmm. and my boss was like, oh, you need to start filming cooking videos. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea how to shoot cooking videos. Mm -hmm. So It's a very specific thing, you know. I think I need to say this because like, for example, you can be like a landscape photographer, like a portrait photographer, you know, like a war journalism photographer and that's what you shoot and yeah. you're really good at it. If you really shoot like just cooking videos, right, it's not that easy. It's not just because you are a chef, you know how to make cooking videos. Yeah. You, you know exactly what I'm saying, right? The angles, like... Oh, it's, 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 it's a stuff. totally different ballgame. Yeah. I mean, like you can understand photography like hundred percent and not know how to do videos at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. I mean there are some things that are translatable but like I had to figure out like what's what's the difference between shooting like thirty FPS versus like sixty FPS. Oh yes, yes. I also what's the difference that. between like 180p versus like 4K? And also lighting. Because lighting, lighting for, audio. for videos and photos are very different. Yeah, you know, photos yeah. you can play with temperatures because it's still. Yeah. But like video you can't have the flickering light. So the light it's very important. Exactly. Like, there's a lot of different aspects to it. But I, I think that's also how everyone starts, right? Like you, you just start recording with whatever equipment you have mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. you realize that this looks like trash, but I could make it better if I had this. Yeah. And then you go out and get that and your yeah. videos become better. And yeah. then you record again and then you're like, oh, if I had this other lens or this light or so this do you, wait, light. When you say lens, so you're using a camera or you're using an iPhone or... I do a bit of both. So I have uh, like a Sony camera mm -hmm. and that's like what I use like 80% of the time. but. Mm -hmm. I started filming with my iPhone because the iPhones now are like crazy good. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like Ross. We're <laughs> yeah. both, we have a common mutual friend. Ross is our mutual friend. It sounds like Ross. Yeah. Because I've seen her do it, BTS, and she's exactly like that. I mean, the iPhone is like amazing in terms of like, it's so fast. Like you mm -hmm. set it up in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Um, you just tap the button and you're recording. Sorry, I raised my hand like we're in the classroom. But my <laughs> only thing about the iPhone, right, is the frame. Because yeah. you have to put out the grid, right? But sometimes because of the way the camera is, right, when you see it, yeah. my my videos are lopsided. Do, do, does that, has that yeah, but you, you can just rotate it slightly in post. 
So I, I have a very low bar for myself. <laughs> that's, that, that's how you start. That's how you start making good videos. You just set the bar really low. Yes, yes, and yes, then, yes, like, yes. Everything I suppose, will be I suppose. That. Yes, yes. But I think... But your cooking videos, like, it's like, what lens are you using? Because it's like macro, it's like you're going so close to the food. So that's something I just started. Like, I just started ah. shooting macro as well, which I realized makes food look really, really good. Yeah, it does. It's like but food it's also, porn. It's very you cumbersome. It bubbling and this and that. Yeah, yeah it's so cumbersome because you have to like switch lenses. Mm. Um, and you can only cook it once, right? You can only prepare it once. You, yes. Or do you have to do it many of the same? Do you have to repeat? Most of the time I'll repeat. So like, I, Oh, so I'll, you have to cook it twice? Some things I'll just do once. You can grab delivery to me. <laughs> <laughs> Leftovers for Stephanie? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, yeah, so sometimes I'll shoot it once on the white and then I'll shoot it another time on the clothes. But there are certain things that I'm like, okay, like if I have one steak, obviously I'm going to get like one shot at this. But mm -hmm. if it's just like eggs, for example, mm -hmm. where it's really cheap, then yeah, I'll just do another take. Question also is who eats this food that you make on, in, in the, these Mostly videos? Mostly me. Mostly me. Yeah. Unless I make like a ton of it and then like, yeah, I'll just bring some home for my parents. The other thing I'm curious about, about chefs, okay, you can say you're not a chef, but if you cook, you're a chef. Like, I'm not a qualified interior designer, but I design interiors, so therefore you're an interior designer. Because we don't have the no, qualification I, I, thing I, I, in the front I, I bar, right? Understand what you're like, saying, we're not yeah. doctors and lawyers where you have that title, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you have an ER in front of your name, I suppose, because you're an engineer. Okay, now we can go into editing. Okay, sure. Because you talk, just talked about filming, right? Yeah. So when you, the process, okay, I want to talk about this because I have a process when I create videos. Yeah. I have a storyboard in my, because you know now, like if I do content for clients, I have to have a storyboard, right? Yeah. But usually if it's just my own content, I have a storyboard in my head. Do you have that for your food? Like you know which angles you kind of need or want in your head? Like I need the macro bubbling of the eggs. Or do you just like shoot and go and as you shoot, you just make it up as you go along? Definitely the second one. I wing it all the time. But there are certain um, things that like I know this would look good on a macro. Mm. Like if you slice into something, that's a macro opportunity. Yeah. Um, a macro opportunity. You know we're talking about food here, guys. <laughs> yeah. Just in case you're wondering, yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. not talking about people or I don't know dogs. But I think like over time, you you kind of understand what shots work and what shots don't, mm -hmm. and then like don't fix what isn't broken. So mm -hmm. you just keep going back to those shots. Yep, yep. Yeah. I think that's the thing about social media as well. You kind of want to see the same. I mean, different recipes, of course. Yeah. But you kind of want that same kind of like, what is that called? Like a mold or a template? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't really want, when it comes to like, for example, if I follow a dog's Instagram, I don't want to suddenly see a bird on it. It's okay to see the bird on it. All but animals matter. Yeah, yeah. But I would rather just follow the dog that I'm following. Yeah, yeah. People want to see what they know, yeah, I guess. But, but it's also interesting because like, going off on a tangent again, like I just joined TikTok like two weeks ago. Mm. And how I shoot for TikTok is slightly different from how I shoot for Instagram. Mm -hmm. Is I, this because of the users? The end users? Or is it because of just you wanting to try something different? So the way I joined TikTok was like, there was one night I was just like, okay, I'm just going to join it. I'm going to post three videos. I went to sleep the next day. I got like quite a lot of followers. And but were, do, did they come from Instagram or is it just from TikTok? No, I didn't mention uh, okay, Instagram at all. Cool. So it was just like the algorithm just like blessed me, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and I realized like based off of, based, based off of comments, this is going to sound very like... What's it's the okay, word? we don't like, need to be I, humble here. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so basically cool. like the comments were like, oh, you want to see more of you. Yeah. So when I shoot for TikTok... Do they like, mean your face or your hands? Both, I hope. I, I hope. I really Because <laughs> I don't know. Because like the videos that I've seen that you, of you that you post on Instagram are like of food. 
right? Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. Your TikTok, like you said, it's different. I don't know if you put your face in it and then like. Yeah, so like when I when I shoot TikTok, I shoot a bit more wide, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that I'll be in the frame a bit more. Whereas yes. for tic, uh, for Instagram, I always kind of figure like, well, maybe my face is not that interesting. People just want to see the food being made. Mm-hmm. But I, there's definitely a huge difference in demographic yeah. versus like Instagram versus TikTok, and I'm still trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't want to shoot, I don't want to edit two different videos. No, no, of course. When, when I started, the way I thought about it was just like, I'm not a video guy. That was always my excuse mentally. So like, any video is good. A good video. Yeah, it's a good video. Yeah. But now after two years, I'm like, okay, I should probably just like, start improving. Yeah. Yeah. So how long does it take for you, to, the whole video process aside, and then the, the editing process? Wow, it got really bright. Okay. What was the question? I... <laughs> He really has ADHD like that. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly we'll just start singing. <laughs> the hills are alive. The question is, how long does it take to edit? No, wait, right. sorry, film and then edit. I'm also asking because I it varies for me. Like when I film and when I edit, yeah. sometimes the edit whole goes up to like four to six hours. So I just want to know. That sounds painful. Is and it isn't. But you gotta remember that I'm editing for social media, so my videos Mine I try so to catch. for social oh, okay. media. <laughs> Maybe you're editing wrong. <laughs> How harsh! Harsh. I don't yeah. know. Like it really depends. Like the shooting portion, I try to keep it. I would say roughly on average like two hours for a cooking video, mm-hmm. especially now because I'm switching between like different lenses mm-hmm. to do macro and then to do wide, and then I gotta repeat certain things. Are um, you talking in the video? I'm also asking because audio is a big thing for me when I make no, these. See, I get a lot of problems. I, I, I run I, I into a lot of audio. issues. I just overlay ah, music. Okay, okay. Editing to me is a bit faster because, um, like I said, if it's like a one minute clip, it sh- shouldn't take that long. It shouldn't. Now he's just shitting on me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't do like really crazy transitions. Mm-hmm. I don't do like really wild animation. I don't do any animations at all. I don't mm-hmm. overlay text. So for me, it's just like splicing everything together and then just correcting like contrast, white balance, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, making it pop. And then, yeah, that's, that's it, just it. export. Yeah. So how long does that take? For a video, maybe like an hour. I'm actually jealous. <laughs> like sometimes I finish a video and my, my day's gone. That sounds painful. Okay, like when I first started doing the podcast, because I edit everything myself, right? Yeah. And we run into so many issues like sound and like, Everything audio not matching the video because yeah. that's why we do the claps now, right? Yeah. Because yeah, before yeah. we didn't know we yeah, had to like yeah, you know yeah, match the yeah. sound and all this. It would take me like six hours to edit like one video, forty five minutes, and it's not even done. It's just like oh my god, I'm so stuck at this. And then like you said, right? Same thing. You just keep improving because if you don't do it, you never know how to do it. Yeah. So same thing, I guess for me, I've never done podcast, right? So the bar was like, where my dog's foot at, <laughs> right? So we just. Like, we were also talking about this earlier, like, Ross was one of my earlier few poor little podcasties. Yeah. yeah, so she came in and there was nothing. Yeah. There was no microphones and we were in my cafe where there's very loud yeah, humming yeah. of, like, yeah. refrigerators, commercial ones and things like that. And it was noisy and I had to fix the sound and you can't fix the sound and I had... Thankfully, I had viewers because if you have no viewers, you have no feedback, right? Yeah. So thankfully, I had some viewers and everyone was sending me texts like, hey, Steph, I think you should buy this mic. <laughs> hey, Steph, I really love the podcast, but, you know, like, yeah, I can't yeah, hear yeah, it while yeah. I'm, like, straining my ear. And then I was like, ah, oh, because we don't get paid for podcasts, right? Yeah. Why I do it is just to, like, share stories, but at the same time, like, just share knowledge and just share vibes, right? Yeah. Good vibes, hopefully. And 
Then I invested in microphones. Yeah. After investing in microphones, I realized that microphones peak. Then you have to invest in a mixer. I don't even know what peaking is, to be honest. It's like the... But as long as it brings out at least clear audio and clear visual, I'm happy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I completely agree with you because like, I feel like a lot of people want to do a lot of things, but they... Sit on their ass. Yeah, they sit on their ass. Lazy asses! No, sorry. It's like, whoa, that was a bit aggressive. <laughs> but I don't know, like, 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 I mean, the way we started this is just like, our bar was so low. Mm. And when your bar is at the bottom, the only way you can go is up. Mm -hmm. So you, you can't expect the first time you try something to be absolutely perfect. Of course. It's just, you just need just to Just the second time. Just the second time. You have to be perfect <laughs> after the first time. Yeah, because we're engineers. But yeah, it's just like, just never expect it to be a, a complete product from the get-go. Yeah. You're just going to con continuously keep improving. Maybe it's an age thing now, I just want everything like small form No, factor. I don't believe that. I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's a technology thing. All of us are now on the go. We are now multitasking. All of us are multi-hyphenates. Anyone, everyone, yeah. you know, are multi-hyphenates and doing so many things that like, it's not convenient to carry like five kilos with you yeah, anymore. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's I totally age, understand for sure. that. You think so? <laughs> I think so, yeah. So do you find any challenges like in this field, in this arena of like, hey, I wasn't trained in this field, but here I am. Have you had anyone like, you know, talk down to you or be like, huh, he's not even a real chef, you know, things like that? Did I tell you that I was a master chef? No. Okay, so in between my, I've, I have worked two engineering jobs. In between two jobs, I actually joined master chef for that that took about like a month to film two months to film so i've had two engineering jobs in between the two jobs i actually joined master chef like mm -hmm. the cooking show and um for... you think like the cooking show just in case you didn't know um so yeah for about six months i was kind of like jobless and floating around yeah and i think post show what i felt was like oh, I was like on this cooking show, I need to prove to the world that I know how to cook. Mm. So there was definitely that sense of like, I need to prove my self-worth. Mm. Um, but since then, I've actually been a lot more comfortable with myself mm -hmm. because I think my path is very clear. I'm not trying to be an amazing chef mm -hmm. or even a very good chef. Mm -hmm. Also because nobody tastes his food, so we don't even know. It's the perfect system because nobody can taste my food. So, <laughs> so nobody we don't know, it just needs to look good. for me or speak <laughs> against me. Choose, choose, choose. Um, but... Also because I know that my path is just different, like uh, there are things that I do that uh, like if I'm just purely talking about like technical skill, yeah, you will go into a restaurant and you train, but um, my jobs requires quite a different skill set, mm -hmm. where cooking is, yes, it's important, but it's not just the only thing. Mm -hmm. um, like when I give demonstrations, I need to be able to speak well, I need to understand the technicality of our ovens. Um, yeah. That's why I said, like, everyone's job these days, not everyone, okay, people who are gung-ho about it, it's like a multi-hyphenate type situation in every scenario because, yes, he's cooking, yes, he's also hosting, yes, he's also demonstrating, and yes, he's now a technician of these products. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, even filming, like, for example, like, mm. it's so hard to film yourself because I literally set the camera up and then I'm just praying that you're not out train. of focus or like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah things yeah. like that it's, yeah it's yeah. so hard um but people don't realize they're just like oh you're just filming yourself but you know like i've done it before where like i'm shooting my daughter and like kids are the worst because they don't want to pay attention for very long yeah. so she'll do it right and then i'm like it's like this right tripod camera shoot done i thought i have the good cuts because i don't really have time to go over and look at the whole thing right yeah. i put it into the system my computer <laughs> the system put it in my computer and then it comes out all blur oh my gosh and then i'm just like roll with it it's artistic now 
Not so you actually use the footage? Use, of course I have to use. Because I, I can't shoot again. Yeah. But I kind of just play it off. Because not every scene is yeah, blurred yeah, out. So yeah. you just play it off the way you edit it. See a lot of people like in their 20s and they're like, they have this chip on their shoulder and they want to prove something. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. 100%. But once you hit your 30s, it's just like, it's chill, man. Just yeah. live your life the way you want to live it. Yes, yes. I agree also. 500%. I think same. The percentage is going up, so Good, I'm yes, saying the yes. right things. Correct, correct, correct. <laughs> I feel the same way because I've never been trained an interior designer. Same, we had this conversation a bit earlier. Um, I don't really consider myself an interior designer yeah. because there are a lot of technical things that go into it. I don't do the drawings. I don't do the renders. We actually have a freelance architect who works with, well, not so freelance because she works on every single project with me. Yeah. Um, but she's the one who actually does all the drawings. Right. But I give the creative direction. Sure. Um, so in the sense, I'm not really an interior designer, but did I design it? Kind of, I did as yeah. well. You, you know what I mean? I mean, so, on, a, on a very like large, I keep using the word macro level. Mm. Yeah, and then you would have a team to execute on the. Actually, it, no, it the team is down, right? is tiny, so it's like a few of us. So she basically we we conceptualize the ideas together. Sure. I'm the one who usually goes down to the space, do all the site images, the site recce, blah blah blah. Uh. I usually once I walk into a space, I have a rough idea of how I want to cut it up yeah. in my head. It's just like a auto thing; it just happens. Yeah. So then when I cut it, I'll let her know. I think this space I want to use for work, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then we will creatively just like I'll tell her like what I want to put here, what kind of chairs, what kind of tables, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then she'll input and just go like I don't know. It's just like some work chemistry, you know. Mm. Um, our ideas always gel together quite well. So We've you've never a great working relationship. Very, very good. Like that's creatively, we have like the same juices. I think. Yeah. For design, yeah. and that's very important. Because yeah. if somebody really enjoyed like what, like something that I don't like, yeah. I can't do it with them. Yeah. So I'm very lucky to have found her. So at the same, so we do that, and then she comes out with the drawings. But I'm the one who project manages. Yeah. So I'm the one who actually deals with the clients, go down to all the job sites, make sure that the design intent is met. Along the way, there's always problems. Of course. Always. Of course really like door hinges, door handles, everything is yeah. going to be a problem. Yeah. Somehow on site it just happens. If you can hear my dog snoring, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but same thing, I don't consider myself an interior designer per se, yeah. but I am kind of spatially designing spaces. I get where you're coming from in that sense. Yeah. So I don't consider myself one, but at the same time, like I've come to a place where I don't really mind it so much anymore yeah. as long as the people I work with, we mutually respect each other. Yeah. The product comes out great. Yeah. And then I'm happy. Yeah. So then it's like a team effort. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I resonate with that 100% because if, you, if you're having this conversation and I can sit down with you, I would never call myself a chef. Mm. But if like people need to print, like if I'm going on a magazine, for example, or the newspaper, they're like, what's your title? Yeah, you can't say like, I, can like, I, I make food. I can't explain the whole spiel, but yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm not really a chef, but I, blah, 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 I cook and all that stuff. Going from the challenges, now I think maybe we can share some advice with people. People who are thinking of leaving their jobs that they studied for, like, did you have to face any you know, like backlash from your family, like, hey, you know, we paid for you to go to school to do this and now you're not doing this. I think the, the, the fast answer is no, because my mom uh, is very supportive of all her children, like exploring different paths. Like mm -hmm. my sister is a vet, for example. Um, but I think she's I, a vet. She's a vet. You're yeah. a chef. No, I'm just saying. I'm just yeah, we got a family of weirdos, basically. Yeah. Um, but I also did try my best in engineering. I gave mm. it five years mm. and I realized it wasn't for me. And I think my mom could see that like, oh, I wasn't very happy in that job. 
So she was very supportive. I think more for me was like financially, mm. it's very scary to just like take the plunge. Yep. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, like people ask me for advice all the time about switching careers and it's very difficult because everyone's circumstances, circumstances are very different. Mm-hmm. Like if you need to support your family, if you have of a course, mortgage yes. to pay off, these are things that are very valid concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the very least, you should start exploring. Mm. Like for me, when I was still as, as an engineer, I used to work in the kitchen like once a week. Yep, yep, that that yep. for me was like, oh, there's low risk. I don't need to quit my job yep. for that. I think it's not about, hey, I hate my job. I don't, I'm very good at taking photos. I don't know if it's going to go down. I yeah. cannot, you know, I have a family to feed. But make the free time because we always make our own time, right? Our yeah. schedules are our own. Make the free time to go and explore that thing that you love doing. Yeah. Even for me, I think even when I changed from cafe to interior design, it was really a leap of faith. I had no choice left for me. I had to close my cafe, right? But then... I know in my head, I was like, what are you actually good at doing? I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at nothing else. Oh, <laughs> like no. self-discovery. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but like, you know, then using those skills, the contacts you already have in your life for yeah. me, reaching out to them, asking for help, asking for jobs. Yeah. It really, I think a lot of it's pride and ego as well. Yeah. You really need to let go of that yeah. in order to really change and pursue what you want, like the, the road less traveled. Because if you keep your ego and your pride and you don't wish to like, you always think I'm this person or I'm like that title, you're never going to be able to like try something new, I think. Mm-hmm. Or, or to be able to ask for help is a very, to me, humbling, humbling experience. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm telling you nine times out of ten people help. Oh, for sure, yeah. What advice would you give? Okay, like simple advice, you know, straightforward advice give to people who are thinking to take the lead. Oh, shit. So this is the summary of the The last... summary of... So for me, like what I said, right? Like what you said, also do your homework before you jump. Yeah. You know, make, make sure that you have somewhere to go before just like, okay, I'm going to leave this $5,000 job and just do nothing for a bit. Oh, actually, you can also do that. And find, I mean, I don't know, but just do your homework. I'm probably going to think of the perfect summary, like, in two hours when I'm showering and I wish I said that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but off I the top of my head, so. off the top of my head, I'm going to say that I think every decision that you take in life carries a certain amount of risk. Mm-hmm. And all you can really do is mitigate that risk. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a dog. Uh, dogs live a pretty chill life, I think. Yeah. no <laughs> risk. Don't need to mitigate. Yeah, But continue. yeah, it's just like doing the research or putting yourself out there, reaching out to people to ask about what their experience is like in the industry mm. or trying your hand in it if you're able to still retain the job that you have, mm-hmm. even if you have to push yourself about six, seven days a week. Mm. Um, Agree. Yeah. Uh, when I first quit, I went from a very stable, decently paying job to like almost having no salary. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was a lot happier. Yep. So it's what do you, what, what do you prioritize in life? Mm. Is money the beyond and and, and, and is money the be-all and end-all or is like is time the priority or is mm-hmm. happiness the priority? Mm-hmm. And, and like, also what can you give up? Yeah, what can you give up? Right? So like, these, these are questions that like no one can answer for you but you have to be honest with yourself and mm-hmm. like this. And everyone's different. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with everything you said. Now I'm going to be basic, okay? So that he does not like. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Leonard, thanks for your time. Thanks everyone for listening. Hope you got something good out of this. Goodbye. Bye. Watch his cooking shows.